Hello people this is Pratyush Sena and I'm doing this podcast Ash special podcast with someone who rides trailer like his hobby horse and who ages in test runs you may never guess his age who is yeah here is Bharat sir fan cricket as you know alongside William Shakespeare yeah of course so yeah i mean uh, i and bharat are going to talk of Ashes. course about cricket and ashes in this podcast so uh, let's hope uh, uh, this shapes up well we are still trying to like you know ascertain what are the things we need in the podcast still amateurs amateurs and uh, technically like and technologically challenged so this podcast might feel like it's been recorded in a bathroom but trust me it isn't so yeah, let's just discuss cricket so the first thing that we talk about ashes is like everyone else ben stokes so ben stokes is set to play domestic cricket in new zealand where his parents live and he said to play for canterbury and uh, but things back home aren't shaping up so well for his ashes aspirations because uh, the avon and somerset police has have referred his case to the criminal prosecution service for charging advice so but do you think he'll play ashes at all this time see the focal point with uh, police investigation in the uk is if it was a minor or routine case they would have dropped off the charges but now they have referred it to cps that's crown prosecution service that means it's perhaps a bit more serious than that and crown prosecution service is something that will decide whether a suspect has to be charged or not based on the evidence so they could take take a little bit of time and if they take a little bit of time at least the waka test it seems like stokes won't play i don't know about the last two tests even those last two tests if they take it if they take their own time then it is going to be difficult for England's charismatic or not, and if a little bit of time means the entire Ashes, then England yes, are in trouble, yes, yes. especially after the defeat yes. in the first test. So let's talk about it, Bharat. The first test, your first impressions. See, first impressions, of course, Australia finally at the Gabba. There's there is a fortress. They pretty much overpowered England. Of course, England fought hard for the first two days, but Australia perhaps to add too much firepower for the Gabba, and they finally. Crashed them, thumped them by ten wickets. So you think of Steve Smith, obviously, when you think of that first test. He was a phenomenon, obviously, he was phenomenal, brilliant. Just uh, his concentration powers, England threw everything at him from James Anderson to Stuart Broad. They threw everything at I him. I mean, they tried everything. Yes, right, right, outside from of very clever pumpers, fields, outside of pumpers, they tried to have ring fields and ball at stumps to ensure that he would get out LBW, but nothing worked. Steve Smith was just phenomenal, and uh, then you think of England's bowlers. James Anderson Broad were pretty good up front, but third seamer and fourth seamer, Chris Wokes and Jake Ball, they just were too friendly. For instance, Jake Ball when he went full, hardly did anything for him. Then he pulled his length back, ball bumpers, but those bumpers were too high for Smith, Steve Smith, to get tempted to play hook shot or pull shot. Unlike Cook. Yes. So, uh, so Kevin Peterson says that he would he doesn't see Jake Ball as an Ashes material bowler. So, uh, would you go for K- Craig Overton uh, in Adelaide? Uh, I told you a few weeks back, if I remember correctly, Craig Overton. What I remember about Overton is that he was a fuller length. He's also tall, six feet five, big unit, but he was a stat fuller compared to Jake Ball. So he bowls more attacking lengths. Uh, he can also bowl a few bumpers. He's not as quick as his twin brother Jamie, who is unfortunately injured, but seems like a better bet than 
Jake Pollard. Of course, keep Chris Fox because he seems to be suited to day-night tests. And he did well in that warm-up game, in the day-night warm-up yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, I think uh, Craig Overton looks like a real possibility. Like, or they might yes. end up giving him one more test. So, I think that is uh, one of the team changes. And let's talk about... Like, there was a lot, lot of... Uh, lot of hoopla around Sean Marsh's selection but he hit a brilliant half century in that partnership with Steven Stewart that like apart from little efforts of Pat Cummins early in the first innings I mean uh, he sort of turned the game around with Steven Smith yeah, it was a very gritty 50 I would say very gritty at the start of the innings uh, start of his innings Sean Marsh perhaps was coming back to, into the team he looked a bit if he looked nervous he looked nervous then looked nervy but afterwards he played well of course, again, he would have liked to convert it into 100, which he didn't. It's one of his issues. He gets into 40s, 50s, and then he gets out. But at that crucial stage of the match, of course, he gave uh, Steve Smith. Steve Smith was able to stitch, stitch a stand, thanks to Sean Mars. And after that, Pat Cummins came in and did very well, a 209 for 7. Yeah, yeah. yeah Pat yeah. Cummins came Brilliant. in and stitched a stand with Steve Smith. So, Pat Cummings, yeah, brilliant 42 of 1 pace, yes, yes. gritty as well as flowy in shifts. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and uh, I mean, the if you ask me, the first thing that tra- strikes me with the first test for the surface, I mean, I was covering the India game and uh, I sort of felt there's more spin at Gava than, than at Nagpur and a venue that is notorious for it, ICC find it the last time. So, what, what went awry? Maybe rain. There, there was a bit of rain before the test match. So, perhaps Kevin Mitchell Jr. wasn't able to prepare a typical bouncy type of time. In his last test. Yes, the, yeah, it's 27th year. It's 27th year at the Gaba. He perhaps wasn't able to prepare similar kind of uh, Gaba track. So, of course, you get bounce at the Gaba. Off spinners impart over spin like Nathan Lyon have succeeded at the Gaba previously. Yes, there was more spin. And Shane Wynn always said he liked a bit of bounce. And it had bounce for spinners. There was bounce for the spinners. It was more of a spongy surface where perhaps if you get in, it was difficult to get a bad spin out. And that is why I think day one was not as attractive as you would like imagine a day one Ashes test to be. Because the run scoring was slow and the bowlers were not getting it to bounce very high. And that is where I have to give the credit to Steve Smith because he didn't play drive, I think. I, I don't remember him yeah, playing yeah. a single drive because it was slightly spongy surface where it was perhaps a bit difficult to play on up and through the race. And especially after England were bowling cutters yes, and the yes. way, you know, Sean Marsh Bobble got balls, out driving. So, I think he completely kept yes, the drive yes. away. Which was a good thing. Very uh, very reminiscent of how Tendulkar yes, played at the SCG a few years back. So, yeah. Um, let's talk about I mean, the stark contrast between England and Australia was how their captains fared. So, while Stephen Smith was there, like, everything being bulldozed at him still was there till the end, taking his team into a lead. Joe Root sort of fizzled out after 50 yet again, which I think might, he might be headed towards a record for 34 years <laughs> or 50s. So, I mean, uh, I mean, that's what hurts England because the next batsman has to come and then start all over again. What can Joe Root do? I think it's a mental thing pretty much. Get 50s. I don't think there's anything wrong with his technique. If, even if you have a microscope and try to study his technique, I don't think there's much wrong but with But he this. did like fell over yeah, both the innings trying to slip, right? There, there is 
It has happened to Joe Root this year. Quite a few times has done that. But it's perhaps to do with the fact that you are in and you want to flick it from outside of or on off. Case of getting too ambitious. Perhaps. Okay. I don't think there's any issue with this game. Maybe it's more of a mental thing. And what do you think about his like clever? I mean, even appreciated in social media because that is what matters these days. Uh, to Steven Smith, like he tried everything, all those funky feeds that you know Shane one is a big fan yes. of. So uh, how like coming to this, how how can you advise? Uh, because you, we all know you have an inclination for England. Shh. So how do you advise Joe Root to you know get Steven Smith out? How do you do that? As of now, frankly, I don't. Bowl you. <laughs> Bowl you. <laughs> I don't think there is. There is any. By the way, Bharat's leg breaks are pretty lethal. I don't think there is any. I don't think there is any way as of now with regard to getting out Steve Smith. Maybe in seeming conditions, perhaps. Can get him out LBW or something because he walks across the stumps. But as far as Steve Smith is concerned, he seems to be in that zone, dream zone, where he's getting hundreds of runs. Basically, bowl like Chad says, like he recently pinned him in front in the Sheep mm-hmm. game. Right? conditions. Yeah, yeah, day night. He walks across the stumps quite a bit, which England did in 2015 Ashes, couple of times. Mm-hmm. But do England have ball. the pace for it? Yes, I don't think they have. They need seeming conditions where the ball moves around. So yeah, I mean, uh, because we are talking about Gaba surface and the spin, Khwaja fell again to it. I mean, the nightmare just continues for him. So, what about Adelaide? I mean, obviously it's not going to spin so much in a day-night test, but uh, Khwaja has some real problems against spin. And as a, like Australia's number three, can Australia afford a batsman who can't play spin at number three? In Austrian conditions, perhaps they can because he's a very good average in Austrian conditions. But again, it was a straight ball from Owen Ali. He didn't do anything. He bowled one just outside off stump, then just bowled one the arm ball and he was stuck club in front. It has happened to him before. Dilruan Pereira has done it. Graham Swan has done it. Very similar delivery and he got out LPW. So Kawada certainly has an issue against off spin from ground the wicket. Just thus his plants his front foot forward. And that leads to him getting out a little bit of... You know, who just licked his lips? Ashwin. Yes. That's the year to go, so I mean, that'll be interesting. So yeah, I mean, uh, one of the other things that stood out was Alistair Cook. I mean, see, Alistair Cook, full ball, outside off, nicks. I mean, all of us know his front foot doesn't go anywhere. But him out hooking a short ball, I mean, that's his bread and butter. It's his favourite shot. It's his favourite shot. Bit of a top pitch, but one point that perhaps goes in Cook's favor, this one point, is that he played his played his shot with conviction. It's not like a half-hearted pull he tried or a half-hearted hook he tried. He tried to play it with conviction, but it so happened. Gabba, bigger ground. At the end of the day's play, perhaps as a senior batsman, he could have left it, but instincts took over, he played that shot and a very good catch, obviously at Fine, like taken by Mitchell Stark, I believe. It was a very good, very good catch taken there. But just instincts took over for him. Mm. And I mean, Root's problems aren't just limited to say the way Cook has started or the way he himself is unable to convert it, like convert his starts. It's also about how his bowlers, the backup bowlers, the third and the fourth seamers, haven't actually stood up. So, is there a chance that you can think about playing Mason Crane in Adelaide? 
you know you can think typical adelaide track track obviously you can think of mason green mm. but perhaps they won't be so sure with regard to a day night test whether they can play another spinner out there two spinners of course you already have moinelli so i'm not so sure whether they will do that i think the only change that looks probable is over to forward ball i think kevin peterson will be happy and he's happy head butting andrew strauss too so yeah let's talk about the second test now i mean the first day night ashes test bharat you were there perhaps for the first ashes test and you were here for the first day night as well. just joking but how how big is this and you know how much significant this test is in terms of where test cricket will go from here the sense test cricket i mean test so, cricket is changing right we we live in say four day test uh, yes. yeah so i mean ashes a day night test because ashes are sort of the face of test oh, cricket yes. in a lot of our heads so i mean how do you see the uh, uh, where do you see test cricket going because this is a big step ashes day yes, night day night test you see four day test coming up south africa playing in zimbabwe mm. i don't think it makes much of a sense mm. day night test obviously it will help because crowds will come in is just say day night test means crowds crowds will think ah, it's something different we'll go and see what happens in a day night test mm. so it's something that's different from your typical day test so and what at least different I, again is the ball yes ping pong and with a black scene yes black scene and kawaja himself has said quite a few times that the black scene at least now you now you can see the ball it was not the case he said with the white scene and he also made an interesting point i don't know whether it is true or not the white seam around the pink ball was moving around more i don't know to what extent what explanation you can give to that how why it happens like that no one is sure but that's what kawaja once said in a course copy so that could be another factor and like basically the pink ball is on what lemon refers to as the fastest pitch in australia under yes, lights it is yes. could be because under lights this is based on whatever cricket i have seen over a period of time the ball tends to skid through more the ball definitely tends to skid through more and with adelaide test for day night test they leave a decent covering of grass and if you leave a de- decent covering of grass obviously it will lead to bit more bounce for pace bowlers they can extract more bounce that is pretty much a straightforward point so adelaide track Obviously, has sort of quickened up in that sense. Quickened up, and especially can be yes. more lethal if you yes. bowl that yes. fuller length yes. that you know Chad Sayers yes. is going to I bowl. Know. And there's a lot on the like the news is going around that Chad Sayers might yes. be considered yes. because of his overall great yeah. record at Adelaide with the pink ball. So, would you do that? Yeah, he bowls a fuller length, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure of taking him in front of Pat Cummins. Pat Cummins is a class bowler for me. He's someone who can swing the ball. I don't think Australia have. Uh, seen much of Pat Cummins generating swing because he doesn't get the chance to bowl with the new ball. He can swing the ball. He can also extract C movement, which is which we saw that on the first test play itself in at the Gabba, where others were struggling to extract C movement. But it was Pat Cummins was the only Austin fast bowler consistently extracted C movement. I think there is there is a tendency to think Pat Cummins is someone who has raw pace. I believe it is unfair on Pat Cummins because he has other. weapons as well up his sleeve which he can easily use. I mean he can force things with his face yes, that's yes, that's I think yes. his greatest weapon and just think of it someone generating out swing at 140 km per hour mm. if he's given the chance with the new ball before the 
cockabar ball obviously goes off very early then he can do a lot more damage so just to give you an insight into what chat says is he's 30 years old and his recent records in day night tests has been phenomenal i mean he picked six wickets versus new south wales this year and last year in a day night clash versus new south wales he picked eight and then in adelaide alone his like he has 40 wickets and this i think last year he picked 62 wickets at 19 so i mean yeah, I've heard a lot of things. but you don't drop mr yes, start you don't drop he's i've heard a lot of things about chat says i've seen a bit of him balls at fuller length is a good seam bowler but i don't know whether you can pick him in front of someone like pat cummins i i believe pat cummins is a lot of weapons and he can be an attack leader for australia in the years to come if they really have confidence in him if they if they think tank has self belief in this pat cummins he can be a real force weapon i mean he he in a way led the attack in yes, the first yes, innings yes. bowling yes. yeah So uh, and what Pat Cummins also brought with him was his batting. So how do you contrast that with Chad Sayers? He's much better batsman. Obviously, Pat Cummins seems to have good technique as well. He seems to have good technique. It's not like Mitchell Stark who can come in and play a few shots on the up through the rise. Pat Cummins showed good technique against both Anderson and Broad when they tried to test him with those wobble balls and cutters and all that stuff outside the off. He showed good technique. So that tells you Pat Cummins also perhaps has a bit of future as a batsman. Hmm, he can be that all-rounder that you know people have been trying to make in Australia. So yeah, about the team combination, I think we discussed that England ball seems to be the only guy whose place is in threat. And then uh, for Australia, Chad Sayers might come in for Cummins, which will be sad. But then we might have a very fresh yes. Cummins for Waka, which I'm looking forward to. So yes. yeah, I mean. Uh, Uh, how do you see the second test panning out? Is it two nil, or do you see this as England's best chance? If England had to nick one test, perhaps it was at Adelaide or MCG. That's what I sort of believe before the series, because at Adelaide you get this in day night test, you get these seeming conditions mm. occasionally, and batsmen tell under lights it does funny things. Of course, there is no scientific explanation to it, but batsmen do tell that it does funny things under lights, and then you go. To the MCG, occasionally you get rain there, and it uh, you can see a bit, which will be under wraps sometimes. And with a bit of moisture, you saw that in 2010-11 when Tremlett and Anderson got eight wickets between them in the first innings, and even in 2013-14, Anderson got wickets there in the first innings. Of course, England couldn't make use of it again. They crashed under defeat, but at the MCG, England have done reasonably well there for a period of time, at least with the ball. So, I think these two pitches, uh, these two grounds, there perhaps a little bit of chance depending on how it seems around. If the pitch seems around a bit, so pick up like one all or two nil or one nil. Sure, I don't want to sit on the fence here. So yeah, England have a chance here. It can be one all. So one all. Okay, I'll go for two nil because of what I have devised as the Gaba syndrome. So every right, time, I mean, we were just looking up the numbers, numbers, right? Every time England have won here, like in recent, draw, on recent yes, occasions, they have managed to get away from Gaba. Yes. Even in ten, eleven, they sort of drew it. Eighty-six, eighty-seven, they won. Ian Botham special. Ian Botham special. So this time they haven't quite. They won three days out of five, but uh, I mean, two days, two thousand days, three days. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't quite uh, uh, win you the Test match. So I mean, just going by that and going by momentum and just going by how yes, Steven Smith. Yes, you know, sort yes. of reacted to the dressing room. 
I think it will be that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. In this podcast, we also thought of doing a section where we would take a stroll down the memory lane and talk about some stunning fact, interesting fact from under bygone era. And today, with regard to it, we'll talk about Don Bradman's testimony. On November 30, 1928, the great Sir Don Bradman made his test debut against England at the Cabdown. Interestingly, it turned out to be the first test played at Brisbane. And unfortunately for Don Bradman, he didn't do well. He had scores of 18 and 1. He was out both times to slow Davis from Maurice State and White. And when he was going back to the pavilion after his dismissal in the second innings, Maurice State, the great England pacer, just looked at white and told to him you have post my rabbit well don bradman the great man overheard it and made england pay as you know he ended up with an average of 99.94 and that brings to an end to this edition of going back to another era bygone era where we will take up interesting we are are sucker for stories rmp i mean This one that I'm going to recommend is not about a cricketer who, you know, pursued his dreams and sort of helped us vicariously live our dreams, but it's about the other side, from the upside down, if you have a stranger than that. Well, it's about a cricket fan actually who Ed Miller, an England high school teacher, who actually travelled to Australia for the Ashes by only land and sea. So that's something adventurous. So some of you can actually take a cue from that. That's a shot. So this is a piece uh, called From England to Australia by Road and Sea and it's by none other than Shriram Veera for the Indian Express. So we would recommend it. Uh it's a good read, it's a fascinating read about his experiences. So yeah, give that a shot. Yeah people, so that was it. We tried to uh sort of discuss what we had on our minds and hope you liked it. It'll only get progressively better with uh, perhaps a few other people joining in. perhaps a few, few more other anecdotes, more anecdotes and few other you know sections so uh, stay tuned it will get better and uh, see you soon bye bye i'll give you all for this time time of the year the hellos get a full attention I'll see through my love as I ride